Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. This is chapter 16 in a temporary reformatting of the show as we document what's happening in and around Amarillo due to the impact of the COVID-19 coronavirus. I think this is an especially meaningful episode because we're going to hear from people who have actually had the virus. They've tested positive, they've been sick, and thankfully they have recovered. But before we get to that, a word from our sponsors. Hey Amarillo is sponsored this week by Wick Realty. Wick helped me buy and sell a home in late 2018, and we have been really glad that this is the house we had for sheltering in place. The real estate market is still pretty strong in Amarillo, and mortgage rates are just about as low as they've ever been. WIC is invested in seeing Amarillo flourish economically and socially for all groups of people. So if you're buying, if you're selling, building, if you're looking for investment property, if you're a first-time homeowner, this is a great time to talk to Katie Wick or one of her outstanding agents. That's wickrealty.com, W-I-E-C-K, Wick Realty. Today's episode is also sponsored by SKP Creative. SKP is a full-service marketing agency, and I asked them if they wanted to communicate anything different this time around. They said, well, we really just want to encourage people to shop at local businesses whenever possible. And I love that idea, so that's the sponsor message. As we begin to reopen, as you begin to leave your house, try to take care of our local businesses. So many of them are still struggling. If you have a choice between shopping local and ordering something else from Amazon, shop local. SKP also wants to encourage you to be safe and to wear a mask when you're out and about. Thanks again to SKP Creative at skpcreative.com. Now, on to the show. It's the end of May. We've spent weeks staying home. Non-essential businesses closed, so did schools. We started washing our hands more, wearing masks more, and avoiding large groups, all to avoid spreading the COVID-19 coronavirus. And though we've seen major increases in positive cases in Amarillo, and though the United States is about to reach the terrible milestone of 100,000 Americans dead from the virus, for many of us, the virus is something we've heard about, but we've not really experienced. Yes, we've all been indirectly impacted by it. Lost jobs closed businesses, school shutdowns, all of those things are a very tangible result. But not everyone actually knows someone who tested positive. In fact, I've seen insinuating comments on social media from people asking, does anyone actually know anyone who got sick? As if it literally is a hoax or it's the result of media hype. So I want to use this episode to give voice to the reality of the virus. You're about to hear the stories of three Amarillo people for whom the virus has been very real. They got sick. These guests come from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, and different economic status. One was a worker at the Tyson plant that has been so central to the outbreak. One is a woman in her 80s, the age that's supposed to be so vulnerable. The virus didn't hit her particularly hard, but it left her husband in the hospital ICU for weeks. One is a mom who got it from her 16-year-old son. Teenagers are supposed to be less susceptible to the virus. And this mom got so sick, she spent several nights thinking she might not make it until morning. So I've allowed these guests 
to only introduce themselves by their first names because they're sharing medical information and because there may still be some stigma attached to people who've been infected. My goal now, just as it has been all the way through, is to record the experiences of Amarillo people. I wanted to let you hear from the most direct victims of the virus, Amarillo residents, in their own words. This episode is being released on May 25th, 2020. These interviews were recorded prior to that. As usual, things may have changed by the time you listen. My name is Sam. I have been living here in Amarillo for 15 years and uh, almost 16. It'll be 16 in November. And uh, I've been working out at Tyson ever since I moved here. Thanks so much for being on the show. I I really do appreciate it. Um, Before we talk about working at Tyson or the, you know, getting the virus, anything like that. Can, can you tell me when you first heard about the coronavirus uh, and became aware of it? Well, I first heard about it uh, over the news and stuff like that. Uh, whenever it first started coming out, I'm going to say late March, maybe, you know, uh, early April, somewhere around there. And to be honest with you, it was a, uh, it was everywhere, man. It was on the news. It was on social media. It was everywhere. I just kind of, to be honest with you, I didn't uh, educate myself about it. I kind of ignored it. I would turn the TV off. I'd either watch a movie. Uh, I wouldn't get on social media because I didn't want to hear about it. I yeah. mean, that's all. I didn't, I didn't really think it was as serious as it really is. And, uh, you know, I just kind of try to, put it out, brush it aside and sweep it under the rug, or I guess you'd say, you know, what about at work? uh, But, um, at work, uh, we started hearing about it. Um, after, you know, we started getting cases here, uh, you know, as cases were coming closer to home, you know what I mean? At first it was kind of a, I guess a New York thing or maybe, uh, uh, West coast thing where, you know, where the cases were very popular, I guess you'd say, you Mm -hmm. know, and then uh, where there was a lot of cases, and uh, as it was getting closer to home, uh, that's when we started hearing about it at work slowly and surely. You know, we started hearing about it at work and stuff like that. Yeah. And and you don't have and to now, tell me exactly what you did at Tyson or where you worked, but can you tell me a little bit about maybe the conditions? I mean, are, uh, does your job put you in close contact with uh, your coworkers? The department that I work in, we're not uh, like the other departments. The other departments are almost uh, shoulder to shoulder working next to each other. You know, uh, our department is a little bit more spread out. You know, there's uh, more space between everybody. I guess you could probably say in our department, the social distancing is, you know, kept uh, as an everyday thing. You know, not because okay. of this coronavirus, but just because of the work environment. It's know? a little bit easier where you work than, than some of the other places. Yes, than the other departments, yes. And uh, it is. And um, so uh, in our department, it was, you know, uh, like I said, we're pretty much spread out. Uh, and me, I do a lot of walking around. So, But sometimes I do have to interact, or all the time I have to interact with the other employees and stuff. And it's so loud in there. You know, even though we wear earplugs and proper protection and everything, you know, you got to kind of get close. And when you're talking to somebody and and, uh, you kind of got to get close and talk to them and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you remember when you began to hear that people at the plant had tested positive or had gotten sick? 
Yes, but it was, it was kind of like, it wasn't big here in Amarillo. I can still remember there was probably, you know, less than a hundred cases, you know, when, you know, whenever it first started, you know, and yeah. And it was just like one here, you know, or one across the plant. I don't really remember our, cause the, uh, uh, the plant is divided into two different sections, you know, and, uh, you know, one on the other side of the plant or, you know, one here, one there, you know, and, and then uh, slowly it just kind of uh, started populating, you know, people were just there. Like uh, I turned around and I opened my eyes one day and man, I didn't recognize how much the attendance had gone down. until one day I came and to park at work and it looked like, I mean, the parking lot was empty. I mean, I could have hmm. parked anywhere I wanted to pretty much, you know. Was was there ever any efforts like to begin testing you when you came in? I mean, did did anybody start talking about prevention or, or trying to avoid contact or anything like that? Uh, well, right away, they uh, started, you know, enforcing social distancing rules and stuff like that, uh, issuing everybody masks as you walk into the plant. At first, they were doing the, um, you know, kind of uh, the temperature thing. They were take, take, taking your temperature, but with like a little... Um, you know, a digital thermometer, you know, sticking your, right. on your forehead and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, they started right away. As soon as they noticed, uh, recognized that something was going on out there, you know, and, um, you know, the uh, close contact that everybody comes with each other, they, yeah, right away the plant was on it. And uh, they uh, started doing the things that they needed to do. Uh, slowly they uh, upgraded to a better temperature taking system, you know, uh, where you would walk in front of an infrared camera and, you know, it would check your temperature and stuff like that as you walk through and stuff. Um, they, a lot of hand sanitizers, you, there is people all over the plant walking around with hand sanitizers. And all you got to do is just stick your hands in front of them and, hmm. and, you know, they'll spray your hands and, and, um, yeah, everywhere, everywhere that, you know, uh, the plant is, was real is, Feel real good about that and, and uh, disinfecting and stuff like that. Yeah. Did did those efforts make you feel? Did it make you relax a little bit about the potential for being exposed to the virus, or did it make you more nervous that that it was being taken seriously there? Uh, actually, uh, I really didn't feel any different. You know, to be honest with you, I felt how do you? I guess you would say uh, I didn't feel like anything was gonna harm me coming, you know, hearing about this and stuff like that, you know, and because of my faith, you know, I believe that I was protected and, and by uh, the hand of God, you know, and uh, I felt this and I truly believe it. And uh, even though, yeah, it touched me a little bit, but I really didn't think, believe that I was going to be in a serious case as, you know, we've heard on the news and stuff like that. But uh, I, so I really never really felt nervous about it or, you know, um, extra cautious about it. I just kind of went with the flow. You know what I mean? It was just another day at work for me. Things were changing and things change all the time. You know, I just got to go with the change. Can you give me an idea of, of your age range? I mean, are, are you generally uh, healthy? Okay. 49. So okay, yeah, right in the middle. I'm 49. Uh, I'm in very good health. No diabetes, no heart problems, no cholesterol. No, uh, I'm in good shape. I mean, I, my job requires a lot of walking and, and lifting and, and, you know, uh, moving around. So I consider that exercise, you know, and, uh, I'm in very good shape. I'm, um, you know, I, for 49 years old, I got, I gotta say, you know, I'm, I'm 
not in bad shape. So tell me what happened um, as you know the the cases began to go up. There were more positive cases at the plant. What happened with you? Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I can't really say that uh, I contracted this at the plant. You know. Okay. Uh, nobody, know, you know, nobody knows uh, because uh, as somebody mentioned before uh, about the plant, uh, the plant is doing, you know, taking the measures they need to do to protect everybody. It's the people at the plant that don't take this seriously. For example, wearing your mask, you know, uh, it fogs up your safety glasses and stuff like that. So a lot of people pull it down over their nose, under their nose. I mean, you know, could, because your glasses fog up and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so uh, the plant is do, taking the measures they need to do to protect everybody. It's the people, you know, that uh, that try to make it more comfortable for themselves that are going to end up spreading this. But, um, well, as far as the plant and everything, like I said, I don't think, I don't know if I contracted there. I it could have been at Walmart, you know, because like I said, every, I was just taking this in stride. You know, everything was still normal to me. If I had to go to Walmart, I'd go to Walmart, you know, and I'd pick up the stuff that I needed to do. But uh, slowly, um, I just kind of wasn't feeling myself. Just, it just kind of started creeping up on me, I guess you'd say. When did that start? Uh, when I, I want to say um, I was feeling not 100% for about two weeks before I really started feeling bad. Okay. And then, um, was this in March then, uh, or in April? I would, I would pretty much say the middle of March to the end of April, about a month and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. That I went through all of this. And so yeah. saying that you weren't feeling like yourself, I mean, what does that mean? Was it aches? Was it sore throat? I mean, was there anything uh, specific you could pinpoint? Well, it started off, uh, I'm, uh, very active, you know? I come home from work and then, uh, I mean, I don't sit down. Um, of course I do and, you know, watch TV and stuff like that. But I mean, I, I just, uh, stuff needs to be done. If errands need to be run or anything like that, you know, I take care of what I need to do. Uh, and slowly, like I said, it just started creeping up on me. I was just get coming home from work and I was just like, man, I just want to sit down. You know, I don't, uh, I'll pay that bill tomorrow. You know, I'll do this tomorrow. You know, I'll, I, I just kind of pushing stuff aside. You know, it can be taken care of later. It can be, and that's not me. You mm. know, I, I take care of stuff right away. I'm very active. Once I get home, you know, I take care of stuff that I need to do. And I was just kind of just, oh, you know, you know, uh, fatigue, I guess you'd say. Okay. I started off feeling as fatigue. Then I started feeling uh, body aches, chills. And this was uh, starting in April. And it was light at first, you know, I could kind of feel it there because I work in a cold environment. It's uh, 38 degrees where I work. Wow. You know, so, um, you know, I would was feeling kind of chills at work and stuff like that. But then again, I mean, and it's a normal thing. Like uh, sometimes I get wet, you know, sometimes and, and I'm in this environment. So I was just kind of blaming it on that. You know, I'm just a little more wet today than I was, you know, any other time. And you passed and, uh, the temperature checks? Yeah, I was, uh, my fever, uh, I would check my temperature, you know, because of this, uh, virus that was going on, I would, uh, check my temperature pretty regularly. And then, um, my fever never really went higher than 100.3. Hmm. You know, it wasn't, it was high for, uh, you know, for a normal, higher than normal, but it wasn't outrageous. Like some people you're hearing, you know, 103, 101, you know, stuff like that. 
it wasn't way up there, but it, it was a little high, but not as, you know, not high, not outrageously high. When did you begin to think that, that you needed to be tested? I mean, it, did it get to a point where you thought, okay, something's pretty wrong? I did feel that way when uh, I was getting some, it was getting, it got to the point where I was getting home from work and, uh, you know, 90% of it was I wanted to stay away from my daughter. I'm a single parent. And uh, I wanted to stay away from my daughter, and I didn't want to take any chance of getting her sick. And I, I told her as soon as I came from work, I said, look, you know, I'm not feeling well. I'm afraid, uh, you know, it might be this, you know, the uh, COVID. Uh, let me just stay away from you, you know. Uh, let's just stay away from each other for a minute because I don't want to take a chance of getting sick. And I would come straight home, and I would go straight to bed, you know. I'd change my clothes, and I'd go straight to sleep and try to get some rest and stuff. And um, so I was feeling, I felt that that's what the problem was. But uh, the only reason I really got tested, I mean, because I I pretty, uh, I'm very strong-willed. And I, you know, pretty much knew I could tough it out, you know? And uh, so I was just like, uh, you know, uh, like I mentioned before, I'm a single parent, you know, I I still got to pay the bills. I can't, you know, really afford to be, off of work. I can't afford to be, you know, uh, staying home. I need to be working. I need to be bringing home a paycheck, you know, to keep a roof over our head. And, uh, so, um, I honestly would have never volunteered to go myself and get tested because I knew automatically it's a two week quarantine that I would have been stuck at home, you know? Right. So, uh, and I, like I said, I did kind of feel that, yes, it, it was, you know, what was going on, but, uh, I still went to work, and like I said, I toughed it out, and uh, the only reason I got tested was because uh, it was a mandatory testing at work. So when did when did that testing happen according to your timeline? I mean, you'd been feeling bad for several days well, before okay. the test? Or? Yes, I, I had, yes, I had been feeling bad, and uh, I went uh, one day, it was over a weekend, and thank God, because uh, I usually work Saturdays. You know, um, I work six days a week on a normal schedule, but now that things, you know, restaurants are closed and stuff like that, you know, it, it, my schedule has changed a little bit and we haven't been working Saturdays. So, uh, thank God that this weekend, this was over a Saturday and Sunday. I mean, I sweated so much. Uh, it looked like I had walked in the rain. Literally. I got out of my clothes, took it off changed out of it and i mean that's how soaked i was like i had walked in the rain changed and within that night i had to get up and change again because i was so soaking wet in my sleep i didn't check my temperature or anything like that but um i slowly started feeling better this was a saturday and sunday and i slowly started feeling better uh came to work and i believe it was thursday after i started feeling better that we got tested at work, that my department got called in to get tested at work. And then a week later after that, that's when the results came in and I came up positive. And I honestly believe that I had already gone through the tough part. Mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, something that was, you know, still in me, you know, a little bit of it. Right. So you were feeling substantially better by the time you actually tested positive. Yes. Yes. By the time I tested positive, yes. I was feeling right now. I'm feeling great. And then you still had yeah, though you, like you had to miss work after you tested positive. I mean, was there a mandatory quarantine period for you? Yes. 
uh, yes, there is a mandatory quarantine period. Uh, tomorrow it'll be a week that okay. uh, I got sent home. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, uh, how do you feel today? I mean, you, you're still feeling like like you're on the yeah. the upward trend. You're you're feeling better. Yeah, I feel like a champ. You know, uh, I guess if I had to put a percentage on it, uh, we can probably count myself. You know, ninety eight percent. You know, almost a hundred percent. Or where I, you know, where I am, but. You know, I'm stuck here in quarantine, so I can't really be going out in public and stuff like that, you know. I understand. Um, so, but uh, but I feel great. I mean, I'm taking care of stuff around here at the house, you know, doing what I need to do, uh, work on the cars, you know, mow the yard, you know, doing what I need to do around here. And so and, you uh, felt but, fatigue uh, and you had a fever, you had the chills and the sweating. I mean, was was that the worst of your symptoms or did you ever feel... You know, anything respiratory? Do you ever feel out of breath? Any of those you know, that's uh, common the, symptoms? The funny thing, no, I never felt nothing respiratory. I never had shortness of breath. I never had difficulty breathing, you know, uh, as uh, a lot of uh, these symptoms are. Never had that. I never had that. Those were the main symptoms was uh, chills. I mean, very, very bad. And um, body aches, real hmm. bad body aches, uh, headaches, um that's uh, pretty much it. And, you know, uh, one thing that I did notice while I was going through this, um, I don't know if it, was, if it was because of stress or because of this thing going on, but, man, I had terrible dreams through this, you know, time that I was going through this. Awful wow. dreams. I mean, you know, and like I said, I don't know if it was just stress. My body, you know, my mind was thinking, you know, uh, man, you're sick of this stuff, you know? And then, um, I don't know what it was, but I just had awful dreams, awful. And, um, hmm. that was, and, and, you know, that, that was, uh, like I said, I don't know if that contributes to the, to this, you know, that's going on, but I, that was probably, you know, one of the hardest things because my body knew that I, if I got rest, I would feel better, but yet I couldn't sleep. Because I had these dreams going on, you know, and then uh, they weren't nightmares or anything like that. They were just bad, awful dreams. And those are the only symptoms that I had, just body aches, chills, headache. And that's pretty much it. I didn't have the breathing difficulties. I didn't uh, shortness of breath. None of that stuff. I didn't go through any of that. Sam, the last thing I've been asking my guests uh, who have gone through the virus is, you know, being that Texas is at a point where a lot of businesses are starting to reopen, um, people are mm-hmm. beginning to move about a little more freely. Um, how do you feel yeah. about that? I mean, you're you're somebody who has actually gotten the virus and gone through it. Do do you feel like, you know, personally, um, it, it, does that make you nervous, or does do you feel like okay, it's it's time to open up? It doesn't make me nervous, but uh, to be completely honest with you, um, it's uh, we're not ready. Texas, Amarillo, uh, the other states, we're we're not ready. Uh, no, this this you know, there are people are talking about. Uh, I heard on the news about a second wave and stuff like that. I believe the second wave is going to be because caused because this we're opening up too early. You know, I think, you know, uh, this stuff is going to spread. And because it, it's too early, I believe that, you know, society is doing this because of a economic, you know, 
just to bring up the economy. And uh, I believe that's what's going on. And I don't think that they, I honestly don't believe that the leaders and the politicians and all that stuff believe that this is ready. I think they're just doing it on, from an economic, economic standpoint. I believe that with all my heart because, no, I don't think we're ready to be opening <laughs> up. I don't think they are ready for theaters to be open, bars and, and restaurants and all that stuff. Um, I think, you know, the, what they had going on, you know, uh, you know, drive throughs and, 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 and stuff like that, you know, I think, you know, that that's a good idea and I think it should be kept going. I don't think, uh, I don't think things should be open, uh, reopened, everything should be reopened just like back to normal because it's not back to normal. Sam, I'm, I'm glad you're feeling better. Uh, I hope you continue to recover and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. This is Norma, and I've lived in Amarillo all my life. I love Amarillo and the people here. And uh, my husband has lived here most of his life. Uh, we've lived here with the exception of two years that he was in the armed services in Maryland, and uh, in rural Maryland. But um, it's been a good, good life here. I wanted to say thank you for being on the show. Thank you for giving me a little bit of your time. Do you remember when you first heard about COVID-19 or the coronavirus? Probably in um, early March, started hearing about it a little bit. Um, not a lot, but wasn't worried uh, about it because uh, the scientists had been saying that it's not transferable human to human and not to worry about it and that we didn't need to wear any mask but then when Donald Trump came on and he he said you know this is not right I, I think we need to be leery of this disease those weren't his words but something to that effect and um, so that's when I started hearing about it and, and getting a little concerned after that. When did you, uh, I, I guess, when was the moment when the virus itself began to impact you personally? It was on the uh, 24th. I had taken my husband to uh, care more because he was getting really sick on the 23rd. And I knew he was really sick and I thought I better go in and asked them if I should bring him in or what. They said, no, take him straight to the hospital. So I did. They tested him, uh, and they said he is positive for the virus. So I felt myself getting sick shortly after that, and uh, I went back to uh, the care today on the 24th, and the doctor said, the only reason I am testing you for COVID-19 is because your husband is positive for COVID-19. And uh, I said, well, I feel myself getting sick and my chest is starting to get tight. And that's the way I do when I start getting the flu or anything. So I would like for you to give me a Z-Pack. And she said, oh, she said, you are healthy, 
and you you don't need anything, I will be so shocked if this comes back positive. So anyway, I left. And so during the night, I started coughing, a dry cough, uh, pretty severely. And my ribs were getting sore by the next morning. And I had um, a medication, antibiotic, in my cabinet that was a year and a half old. And I started taking that uh, because I was having pains in my right lung. And uh, I I had enough for eight days, and uh, I took that for eight days, but I was getting sick, and I did run a little bit of temperature. I don't know how much, but I had the chills, so I'm sure I had some temp. I never took it, but I had a little bit of a headache and the dry cough and a scratchy throat. I didn't get severely ill like my husband did, but uh, he was on life support in the hospital for uh, about eight weeks. Uh, Well, he was on life support for about two weeks, and then he stayed in the hospital for about eight altogether. But he did get discharged from the hospital and came home. But I spent two weeks... Uh, isolated from everyone and my family brought groceries and put on the porch for me and we we have a big family and we help each other so uh, Sherman was one of them that mm-hmm. brought groceries to my porch and he's a wonderful son-in-law you couldn't ask for better and he has helped us all the way through this he would call and call my husband or text my husband because my husband can't hear. So anyway, I started getting better after about a week and a half. The nurse, city nurse, would call me every day to get my temperature, and I never had any temperature when she called, so I knew I was getting better. That medication I had was really helping me, and So uh, after a couple of weeks, I kept getting better and better. And then I stayed isolated mostly for the next two weeks. I might have gone out to my yard and talked to my son through the gate. Do you feel that you are fully recovered at this point? I mean, do you still have a lingering cough or do you have any of that pain in your chest? No, and I did have muscles in my back did hurt me. no, uh, the city uh, nurse called me after about a month and said, well, you have not had any temperature for, I forget how many days, she said several. I think she called me for like 10 days. But she said, you you are free to go, wear your mask, but I think you're well. And I felt well, and I didn't have any lingering cough or anything. Uh, my husband. I don't know if the muscles in my back are due to hard work or the COVID-19, but Mm. I still do have some muscle ache, and it's probably my age. I'm 82 and working in the garden, so probably not due to the COVID-19, but... 
I, I know that the two of you were, were two of the earliest cases in Amarillo. Do you have any idea where you might have been exposed to the virus? Yes, I do. My husband worked for House Sand and Gravel, and there were several out there that got the virus. So somehow, uh, and then they were pretty close together out there. I mean, if they have a meeting, they have a a big table. They all sit around and, and visit. But I think that's where he got it, and I'm not sure where they got it. I, I know that as as someone who is 82 years old, certainly you've lived a lot of life. You've probably been sick a number of times. Did did this illness feel different to you than maybe ways that you'd been sick in the past? No, I don't. I don't think it felt just like the flu. It felt like the flu, except that I had the dry cough. And usually, when I have flu, uh, I'm coughing up a lot of phlegm. But I did not do that. It was dry, very dry. And then also the fact that I, I guess your husband had many of the same symptoms and he ended up, you know, in ICU for several weeks. He did not even know what was going on when I took him to the VA. He thought he was being taken captive. and They intubated him and they put him on life support and he... Um, pull tubes out. They had to tie him down. He thought it was the Vietnamese hmm. captured him and he was trying to get loose and they had him tied down part of the time because he was pulling tubes out and IVs out. And How is he feeling now? He feels great. <laughs> he was discharged. I think it was the 27th or 28th of April. Okay. He went in on March the uh, 23rd, and the VA transferred him. He still tested positive for the COVID, but they transferred him to Northwest COVID Rehab so they could start working with him, and he stayed there a couple of weeks and got better, but he was still testing positive. When they discharged him, they asked me if it would be okay with me for him to come home. And he wanted to come home. At that time, he was aware of what was going on uh, because they had let him watch TV. And so when he finally got better and came to his senses, he realized this was a um, deadly disease and that he almost died. Hmm. But the VA, the doctors and nurses out there, he couldn't have gotten better care anywhere than the VA. Um, they were above and beyond, and uh, he he got better. In fact, when he went to Northwest, he wanted to go back to the VA because he had made such good friends with them. But anyway, they did discharge him, and he came home. And PT uh, would come out, physical therapy, and the nurse would come out and check on him and have him do exercises and take all of his vital signs. And uh, I'm a retired nurse, so I could take his vital signs here, but they, uh, it's, I've been retired for quite a while. So anyway, they came out and 
checked on him and did exercises and he has been eating very well and just kept getting better and better. So the doctor discharged him last Saturday, said he's fine to go uh, wear your mask, though. So he mm-hmm. went back to work. <laughs> wow. And he's uh, almost, he'll be 84 July the 4th. Well, I'm I'm certainly glad to hear that both of you have recovered and especially that he's feeling good enough to work. The, the last question I wanted to ask you is, you know, now that that you've come out on the other side of this, you know, we're we're in a situation where there are still a number of cases in Amarillo. It it still seems to be growing and and you know, people are however starting to go back more to um reopening businesses and and thinking about that. Is do do you have any Thoughts about balancing those two things, you know, as someone who's actually experienced the disease? I think just being aware uh, of how transmittable uh, that the virus is to uh, keep your distance. I think they say six feet and just be aware of keeping your hands washed and um, I go around here wiping doorknobs off all the time with Lysol wipes. Uh, Just, I wipe everything down all the time. My car steering wheel and door handles and whatever, but just being aware and trying to be respectful of other people because you don't know what their situation is. My uh, husband did recover, but he had heart, he's had several heart attacks and he has diabetes and high blood pressure and all kinds of things wrong with him, but he pulled through and uh, with with the help of those VA doctors and nurses. I'm certainly glad that uh, that the two of you are on the other side of the disease and that you're feeling better. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you, Jason. My name is Nicole, I am a spa manager, and I have lived in Amarillo for the second time since 2010. Nicole, do you remember the first time you began to hear about the COVID-19 coronavirus? I do. Probably February is when I really started hearing about it more, and I didn't really think much of it. Didn't really take it too seriously. And because you work at a spa, do you remember, were there ever any moments you started to think about protecting clients, or did that not happen until it really started to hit here? Oh, no, definitely. There was a time, um, probably the end of February, when I realized that it definitely wasn't a lot of hype, um, that it was something that was going to be more serious and that we needed to start really looking at it as a problem and start taking it more seriously. So tell me when the impact of the virus became real to you and started to reach you on a personal level. I think it was the week of spring break. You know, there were, it was obviously in the United States by that point. Um, It wasn't in Amarillo yet, I don't believe, but it was closing in. Um, I remember that when my kids got out for spring break, they went into quarantine pretty immediately. 
I was still working, but we shut down. We closed our business down very shortly after that. And so I began quarantine on March 20th. And, you know, I work at a place where it is all client-based. If we don't have clients, we don't get money. And so shutting down was extremely scary for me financially, but um, the health risks were even scarier and, and we knew that's what we had to do. So that's really when it started to really become very personal. Talk to me about your health. When, when did that personal impact actually hit your family's health? Uh, um, so March 24th, my son, who's 16, came to me and told me he had a sore throat, but it wasn't bad. Kind of mentioned it in passing. And at the time I was thinking he's 16, he's extremely healthy, not going to be an issue. We'll just watch it. Um, by the next day, it was much worse. He had a high fever. I called his pediatrician and booked the appointment to go and have him checked out. When we arrived at his doctor's office, they took our temperature at the door and we both had fever, which surprised me because I had no symptoms at the time. I felt great. So it really surprised me that we both had fever. Um, he tested negative for flu and strep, told us to keep an eye on it, not to worry about it. It was probably nothing. Gave us some like cough syrup with codeine for his sore throat. And that was about it. So over the next day, he progressively got worse. And the very next morning, I woke up with a headache that was just uh, the worst headache I've ever had in my life. Mm. And so I started to worry a little bit because now I know I had fever and a headache. He had fever and a really sore throat. Um, he progressed very differently than I did. He his started with sore throat, fever. His went into um, pretty thick drainage in his throat, um, a cough. And that all happened over just about a two-day period. It came on very fast. And uh, I had a headache for probably about three days of just headache and fever around 101. And that turned into excruciating body aches for both of us. It truly felt like every bone in my body was broken. It hurt to move. It hurt to breathe. Um, it hurt to open my eyes. And then my eyes got infected and it looked like I had two black eyes. I had giant bruises underneath my eyes. Uh, my eyelids were bright red and it literally looked like I was like an extra on the walking dead. It was mm. insane how awful I looked. So I dealt with that for about, seven or eight days, nine days, maybe just horrible fever. I could not get it down. I mean, even with Tylenol, I could maybe get it down to 99 and um, it would shoot right back up. I stayed, um, overall I had fever for 22 days that ranged anywhere from 101 to 104. Um, but the body aches, the fever, the headache, the eyes were my biggest problem for the first like nine days and around day 10, I thought, okay, I'm actually feeling a little better. I'm still sore. My head still hurts a little bit, but maybe I'm like turning that corner and it's going to get better. And then 
day 12 hit and it just got worse. <laughs> like just, it's like the next wave came and it got worse real fast. It um, attacked my nervous system. So on top of all, everything else I was feeling as bad as I felt, I was dizzy, uh, nonstop, like um, faint anytime I set up or tried to move. My lungs finally got affected, and um, but it wasn't a cough. It was a pressure. It felt like someone had a giant rubber band around my lungs just squeezing every bit of air out of them. I just couldn't get that deep breath. And during this time, my son was still really sick. And, you know, it's, it's just me and my son and then my 12-year-old daughter. And so I was in a really kind of weird position because um, the nurse I was working with was like, you need to go to the hospital. You, you need to be seen. Like, this is progressing really badly. Um, now you can't breathe. You need to go to the hospital. But there was no one to take care of my children. Yeah. So... I, I couldn't do it. Um, there were four nights that I set up straight up in a chair all night long because I really thought that if I went to sleep, I would not wake up. And um, one night my children set up with me because they were afraid of the same thing. It was a really, it was a nightmare. Um, and I've used that word to describe it a lot because I can't think of a better word. Um, it was a nightmare. So, um, I had about four days, five days of just not being able to breathe. It always got worse at night. And, um, but I finally got a little bit of relief to where I could breathe. But then that's when the cough hit <laughs> was after I could breathe a little better. Then I finally, the cough was there. Um, so all in all, I was sick for, I think right at 22 days, I had the fever how early in the process did you get tested to actually find out that's what you had? I got tested about a week and a half in. Okay. When I first got sick, they weren't doing the drive-through testing here yet. And um, so I was about a week and a half in before I got tested, before I could like physically make myself get up and even drive down to get tested. It was, it was one of the, it was the drive-through site over at the fairgrounds? Is that where you went? It was. And your son too, did he get tested at the same time? Yes. Yeah. And so by the time we even got the test results back, he was nearly well. He recovered a lot quicker than I did, um, thankfully. But so, yeah, by the time we got the test results back, he was he was doing pretty good by that point. Um, and I wasn't I wasn't so much. But, you know, when I finally started feeling better, um, my fever went away and I. That helped immensely, just not having that high of a fever made me instantly feel better. Um, you know, the cough hung on for uh, probably about another four, four days or so, five days. Um, but then I really started feeling better. The scary thing was three weeks after my son was symptom-free. He had been symptom-free for three weeks, fever-free, cough-free. He had really felt really good for three weeks. Um, he couldn't breathe one night out of nowhere. And I mean, it came out of nowhere. And he was actually hospitalized that night. And they kind of referred to it as an aftershock. They called it, I think, post-immune reaction. Hmm. Um, his blood, 
he had too many white blood cells. His body was making too many white blood cells. His body was making too many red blood cells. Um, he had a lot of inflammation. And so even after I thought we were in the clear, and especially him, I really thought he was in the clear, um, kind of had this unexpected uh, aftershock that really kind of threw us for a loop. But then he's, he has since recovered from that as well. So, And what about your daughter? Um, she was actually the first to get sick, but it wasn't anything terrible. And it was, um, she had a little tiny cough for about two days. And this was probably like the 18th, 19th of March. And she just had a little bit of a cough for a couple of days. And then at the end of it, she told me, she goes, I can't smell anything and I can't taste anything. And I said, that's weird. And that was before that had even come out as a symptom. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a symptom. And she goes, I can't taste anything. I can't smell anything. I was like, that's weird. I said, I bet is we all have horrible allergies. And so I really thought, I said, I bet it's just your allergies. I bet you're congested. And she's like, yeah, maybe so. And so throughout the, when we both ended up being so sick, she never got it. And so, you know, part of me thinks she, <laughs> she probably had it first and just had a really mild case or was mostly symptomatic. Um, Did she ever get tested? Um, no, we didn't. We never had her tested. Do you have any idea where, whether it was your son or your daughter, do you have any idea where they might have gotten exposed or gotten the virus? I have no idea. Um, when he got sick, he'd already been in quarantine for 11 days. So it had to have been before that, which the only thing would it would have been school. Um, you know, the health, I've talked to the health department about this too, like trying to figure out where all we had been and who we'd been around. And really those, um, it was such a small window and it was like maybe the grocery store. I know he was at school. We went to the grocery store, toot and totem. I mean, it was just really before spring break, we were conducting life as pretty normal. So, um, it could have been anywhere. I really have no idea. And do you have um, any lingering effects of it now that you're recovered? Um, the only thing that I still have is, which sounds crazy, and I can't. I I'm gonna have to see a neurologist about this at some point. Is trouble with words um, and memory. There are things that I know that I know, and I can't find the word for it, or I can't like think of what I'm trying to say. Um, I've, yeah, I've got to, I've got to see a neurologist, but I am not ready to go really out in public or to a doctor at this point. So it's going to have to wait till everything calms down a little bit, but that's the only problem that I've had other than just exhaustion. I figured out pretty quickly, my son and I both, how weak our lungs were and um, just our strength in general, even after recovered, because it just didn't take much to get <laughs> really, really tired and really, really winded. So um, I think those are probably the only lingering effects that I've had. So now that we're in a moment when there are increasing numbers of positive cases being discovered in Amarillo and the economy is starting to reopen, and so businesses are trying to decide, what do we do? How do we reopen? How do we protect our employees, our guests? Do you have any thoughts about that as someone who actually does work in a service industry, but has suffered in the way that you have. I mean, what do you think about that? Um, it's terrifying. It's uh, it's terrifying on a personal level. I would, I would not mind hiding in my house for a very long time and not going anywhere, doing anything. 
realistically, um, financially, I understand that these businesses are trying to open and do it the safest way possible. My only thought on it, and, you know, we've, my business is in the process of reopening as well. And so we've had a lot of discussions on this and I, I stand very firmly on, especially in the community we live in, there's a lot of pushback. You know, a lot of people feel like their, their rights are being violated or they shouldn't have to wear masks if they don't want to or whatever. And um, I firmly believe that any business trying to open really needs to take their employees' health and their patrons' health as serious as possible. And it, it, it's not the time to worry about hurt feelings or the people who, you know, well, if you're going to make me wear a mask, I won't come in. Okay, well, please don't. Like, that's, that's the sole purpose of, <laughs> if you're not going to wear a mask, please don't come in. Um, I think they have to take it seriously, and I think they have to really follow the guidelines and even go above and beyond the guidelines um, because I think some of the guidelines are a little bit too lax. And I would encourage anyone thinking about opening or opening to not do it too quickly and to really go above and beyond because I would rather be broke and lose money or business than to ever, 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 ever have to go through the virus again. So it's scary. It's really scary. Nicole, I'm, I'm so glad you and your family have recovered. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. And that concludes the episode. First, I want to say thanks to Sam, Norma, and Nicole for sharing their very personal stories about the pandemic. Uh, as I told each of them, I'm really, really glad uh, that they have recovered. Thanks to SKP Creative and Wick Realty for sponsoring this episode. And thanks for Angelina Marie for assembling the episode, making phone calls sound as good as possible. I'm still sending out a weekly email newsletter, and you can subscribe to it at bit.ly slash heynewsletter. That's B-I-T dot L-Y. To close out, I want to say thanks again to my executive producers, Valerie Gooch, Joshua Rafe, Jess Heredia, Josh Wood, Chris Selda, Patrick Burns, Wes Reeves, Wilson Lemieux, Jason Burr, Katie Linger, Neil Nossiman, Jennifer Callahan, Ryan Pennington, and Corey Burns. They all support the show through patreon.com slash heyamarillo. I really do appreciate their support. This has been episode 146. My name is Jason Boyette. Stay safe, wear a mask when you go out, and love your neighbor.